This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Something is not right. Angry, very angry. I wake up with scratches. They're all losing it. There's a war going on. I see this thing like whispering in their ear. It's something evil. They're kind of being possessed. This is demonic. They're trying to kill me. They're not safe anywhere in this house. They're being watched. My name is Amy Allen. This thing likes death. I see dead people. This thing's like a monster. I speak to dead people. And he's pissed off now. And they speak to me. His head was cracked. But there's only one way to know if my findings are real. This guy was murdered. I rely on my partner. I'm Steve DeShave. I'm a retired New York City homicide detective. I cannot help you unless I know the whole story. And I know every person, every house has secrets. You saw her? It's my job to reveal them. Why would you stay here? But Steve and I never speak. We never communicate during an investigation. Until the very end. Stop it. Stop it. We uncover if it's safe for you to stay. I want to know the truth. I want to know what's happening. Or time to get out. It's crucial that Amy and I conduct separate investigations. I interview witnesses, research the history of the location, and uncover secrets from the past while Amy speaks to the dead. I'm in a small resort town of Waterville, Michigan, a few hours outside of Detroit. Amy and I were called in by a woman named Amanda. When I spoke to her on the phone, her message was simple. You guys need to help me or this house is going to kill me. Obviously, this is a serious situation, and I'm hoping Amy and I can help her out. 
Before Amy arrives, I have to clear the area of any leading information. I can tell from the photos alone that a couple with kids live here. So I have to carefully remove any evidence of this before Amy begins her walk. I'm seeing a lot of physical activity. There's something around that's uh, creepy. There's a dead person or entity that's a controller of this location. I think it might be a child. Something about hidden truth, I think, was specifically what they said. Hidden truth. Well, Amanda, you sounded pretty desperate on the phone. So why don't you explain what's happening? I'm beyond scared for my safety. I'm pretty much scared for my life. My health has seriously declined since I moved back here three years ago. And because of that, I've put on weight. And about two months ago, I had a heart attack. And you're how old, how old now? 32. That's really young for a heart attack. It is. Was it because of the weight gain that this caused the heart attack, or did the doctor say what may have caused it? They don't know what caused it. They did uh, tests, and there was no blockages. Okay. And what else has happened? I've been scratched and burned. I'm fearful for myself and for my boyfriend and for his kids. Are they here all the time? No, they just come to visit, usually on weekends. Does anybody else live in the house? Yes. My mother and a friend of the family does stay in our basement as well. I'm going to ask the obvious then. Why are you staying here? I came back to the area because my dad was sick and finances are a big problem. What's your biggest concern then? Dying. I feel like they're, they're systematically trying to kill me, whatever is in this house. There's this thing in this house. It's really bad. The people here have no ability to not be influenced by these dead people. Like, they can be unhealthy, they can't take care of themselves, they can't sleep and can't eat right, and because either they eat too much or they don't eat enough. They're not safe anywhere in this house. I started to sense that the influential presence in this house was targeting one person in particular. This thing can easily access this person's mind. It can make this person do anything it wants. So what's happening in here? I wake up with scratches and burns, actually. What do these look like? I have some pictures here of some of them. Okay. You just woke up and that burn was there? Yeah. Is there a candle or anything that could have did this to you that you can keep on? No. And this is none of the animals you're living with or anything like that? No, absolutely not. So, Amanda, looking at this, I would imagine it's got to be tough sleeping at night. Yeah, sometimes I find myself sleepwalking. I've had bruises on my calves from where I've run into things, and it's, um, it's gotten out of control. I've developed sleep apnea and insomnia. When I do sleep, I have bad dreams. I had a dream that we were driving Mike's kids home and we were hit by a semi. I see this thing like kind of standing at this person's back being like, you know, like whispering in their ear, like do this or do that. And, you know, the person can't sleep. And if they sleep, then it's really bad, like invasions in the sleep or something like. What do you mean? Maybe it's like a trance state. Like they're seeing where they're going, but they don't have any control over it. You know, and then they're like, 
startled, okay. which is really kind of unnerving uh, because, well, then they're kind of being possessed. What's going on in the kitchen? One time, I was just grabbing something out of the pantry, and I turned around, and there was a man standing next to me. Okay, so describe him for me. He was a little taller than I was. Okay. Thin. He had a square jaw and a button-down shirt. If you were to see a photo, would you be able to recognize if it's the same person? Yeah. I think he was trying to warn me that there's something else in the house and that I need to do something about it. Okay. Something is not right here. This is uh, a male, and he is not that old. He is, like, in his 50s. He's like angry, very angry. Something in this house is wreaking havoc, but I don't think this angry man is the one influencing the living. He's not advanced enough. He's just getting pissed off and beating on the walls and like stomping on the floors. He's trying to put it back the way he knows it to be. Like he's trying to take down the things that don't make sense to him. This is where the scariest thing that I've encountered happened. I feel like I was in some sort of trance and I came out of it and I found myself standing at the kitchen counter spinning a knife. Spinning a knife? Yes. I later realized that I was having a lot of negative thoughts, suicidal thoughts. Okay, now have you ever had suicidal thoughts before? No. Did you ever have it again in the house? No. Did you tell your boyfriend about it? No, I didn't tell anyone. Why not? They're already worried for my health. I don't want them to worry about me taking my life. I think that whatever's in here is trying to kill me one way or another, either through my health or through making me take my own life. What is this thing? It feels like a child. I feel like that it would be a girl. 12 or 13 year old. She looks like a shadow person. She's bad. Whoa. What happened? This girl zapped me. She ran at me. I didn't expect this at all. The entity that's tormenting the people in this house is a little girl. She's pretty strong. She, she, knows, she knows what she's doing. She took all my energy. She tries to control all the people that come here. I think she's influenced somebody to either commit suicide or kill someone. So this room is the room that I made for Mike's kids. Okay, how old are they? His son is 11 and his daughter is 12. Have the kids experienced anything up here? Just last weekend, uh, Mike's son had experiences. What happened? He saw red eyes staring at him. Where? In the hallway. Were the dogs up here? No, the dogs are never up here. Amanda, let me ask a question. Are you worried that something can happen to the kids? Certainly. This little girl, she's jealous. 
jealousy between this girl and and whoever's in here. This that's not good. You said uh, that she might try to influence the living. Mm-hmm. Do you know who that would be? It's an adult. What does she want? To make her kill them. Kill who? Whoever's in this room. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. So, Mike, I spoke with Amanda, and uh, she explained what's going on in the house and her concerns. Have you had experiences here? Yes, I have. I actually had a few experiences in the bedroom. Um, Sleeping at night, I feel like there's somebody crawling in bed. I can feel the bed pressing down, like somebody's crawling in bed with me when Amanda will be up, you know, in the living room watching TV. The first time, it scared me, and it it happened for about two weeks after that, every night. Did it feel like a human or maybe one of the dogs? What did it feel like? Uh, It felt like a human. Okay, anything else? I've heard actually a voice. Again, we were in there watching TV again at night, and I heard somebody whisper, how you doing? And I looked at Amanda, I said, did you say something to me? She said, no. Now, when he said, how you doing, was it a female or? It was a female. She likes to be as scary as possible. And she's actually pretty good at it. Like, she crawls in bed with this person and, and like, acts like it's sleeping with this person. She 
yells and screams and howls, which I would think that the living would probably be able to hear. It's very scary for me because it doesn't seem like I'm in control when this is happening. I have had fits of rage. I get mad over the littlest things. Um, a question being asked. I'm afraid that I'm going to hurt somebody in the house. And, that, and that's not in your nature? No, sir. No, sir. Do you, do you feel it's when you're here you get like that? Yes. That's got to be a strain on your relationship with Amanda also. Yes, it is. What do you think is going on in this house? I think it's something evil. Why, why don't you just move out? Because I love her, you know, and we care for each other, and I'm, we're helping each other out through this. So the girl, she can go anywhere she wants to in the house. She can make them feel agitated, attaching herself to them, draining their energy, making them feel sick. So, Pat, I was talking to your daughter, and I want to talk to you. I understand you live here. Yeah. You've been living here a long time. Close to 17 years. 17 years. So have you experienced anything since you've been here? No. Why do you think that is? I have a relationship with the Lord. And I think that keeps me from seeing or experiencing anything that is demonic. And I believe this is demonic. So you believe that Amanda is telling me the truth? I do. Absolutely. Amanda's at risk right now. They're warring over her. Why her? Because I believe that God has a special purpose for her. And she hasn't stepped up to it. And I still try to encourage her to get back to the faith. And do you believe that if she found her way back to church? It doesn't even have to be church. Just her finds her way back to God, that that would cease. <clears throat> it's really hard to watch as a parent. I pray that there is a solution, that she can be the vibrant person and have the full life, you know, the active life that she deserves. She already had a heart attack. You worried about losing her? It crosses my mind. I try not to dwell on the negative. I'm, I know that there's a plan. What are you hoping that Amy and I can do for your daughter? I really have no expectations. I really don't think that there's anything that can be done. It's only the power of the Lord that's going to handle it. There's a war going on between God's angels and the devil's demons. There's like really, really, really bad, bad things down here. Not where I'd be wanting to be. What the f is this? This old man putzing around and, and being grumpy and just always angry and pissed off and just unhappy and miserable about his life and hates that somebody is down here. Hates that somebody is in its in its space. He um, gets angry. Whoever hangs out down here is his focus. And I think he tries to kill him at some point. I really feel for Amanda. For her, this investigation is literally life and death. Now I'm heading over to meet with a town historian who says Amanda's property is a big part of Waterville's history. 
The property you're investigating, Steve, was purchased and developed by Isaac Swain in the early 1830s. In addition, they had vast holdings of property, which at that particular time was all undeveloped uh, forests and woodlands. And you can see where he has his name on all of these different plots of, of land. And how much property do you think he had? Ultimately? Upwards of 900 acres. How did uh, Swain make his markers living here? What did he do? Well, he was renowned for his lumber mill. He had upwards of 50 employees working for him. It was the biggest mill in Berrien County. Yes. Wow. I'm just seeing like woods, uh, thick woods, lots of trees. All I'm getting is um, somebody like saying too bad about, you know, the trees. This little lady saying like too bad about the trees, like that they cut down all the trees. Daryl knew very little about Isaac Swain's personal life. So I'm on my way to meet a local author who says Swain's time in Waterfleet was filled with heartbreak. This guy, Isaac Swain, what were you able to find out? Well, Isaac Swain and his wife came to Waterbelit, and they had three children. Okay. He had a daughter named Martha. Okay. And she died at the age of 15. From what? Records back then didn't really specify. Then their youngest son, who's age three, William, passes away suddenly. Right after her, she died? or Exactly, within two years. But it doesn't stop there. Their second daughter, Louisa, she had a tragic accident, and it's hard to tell what exactly happened, but somewhere between the ages of 10 and 14, she fell and hit her head so hard that she became mentally disabled. She was basically an invalid? She basically was. She had to have 24-hour care. So I assume Isaac and his wife stayed in the area and took care of their remaining child. For a while they did, but actually the wife, Valonia, started to get sick. And I actually found a picture of her for you. Now, do we know what kind of illness she had? The symptoms that they described were somewhat similar to tuberculosis. It was important to Isaac to make sure that she had the best care possible. You talk about for his wife, Alonia? Yes. So what they did for three years was travel around the Northeast, actually, looking for someone to help them, doctors looking for a different environment right. in hopes that this would help cure her. Does she get cured? What happens? No, unfortunately, she does not get cured, and she succumbs to this. Would they have taken Louisa with them on this three-year journey? Louisa was likely not taken with them because she needed constant care. She lived with the staff people and the caretakers, there was a certain amount of stigma associated with somebody with a mental disability back then. She had no social interaction whatsoever? Very little, very little. And the only people that she really knew was her own family and her caretakers. And when her family passed away, she was left alone. This girl, she died. Do you know when this was? A while ago. I'd say at least 100 years. The young girl that's been stalking me is extremely powerful. And I'm starting to see what's causing her to torment the living here. 
She has a lot of pain that she's dealing with. A lot of pain? Yeah, physical, physical. And she's not herself. She was mentally not okay. And she puts it like she likes to play with people because she wasn't allowed to play with people when she was alive. Well, and then she was just screaming at me through the, you know, through the uh, wall. She's kind of creepy, though. She's creeping me out a little bit. I'm at the local library to see what else I could find out about Amanda's property. Digging through the archives, I uncover an obituary of a young woman named Sadie Smith who died in 1918. The location of her funeral, my client's living room. So not only does a 32-year-old woman die on the property I'm investigating, they held her funeral right inside the house. I'm on my way to meet with a local funeral director who promised to look into the town records and give me the whole story. Roland, I know from other cases back in the early days that uh, people did hold funerals in their homes. Now, was that common in this area? Back in 1918, probably 90% of the time, funerals were held in the home, yes. Now, Sadie it says she died from uh, influenza. What were you able to find out? Well, I was able to obtain a copy of the death certificate, and she obtained Spanish influenza and had it for about a week and then passed away of heart failure. Possibly the reason they held the wake in the house was to contain the influenza. She was young, 32, so she wasn't married? No, never married. No children? No children. So that'd be tough on the parents, I would think. Probably was, yeah. Something took place here where people were crying and screaming. There was a funeral here where they had you know, the casket, and it was open, and people were saying goodbye. This is a young female. They're all crying, freaking out, just losing it. So, Roland, what happened with the parents after Sadie dies? They stayed in the home. Okay, so she lived with her parents. Yes, and shortly after Sadie passed away, the mother, Evelyn, was in frail health for about five years and passed away. Steve, I was able to find the obituary in the local newspaper on Mrs. Smith. And how old was she when she died? She was 67. Did she die of natural causes? Natural causes there also, from a heart disease. Okay. The funeral was not held in that home, though. They went back to the homestead out south of town and had her funeral there. So, Roland, what happened with the dad? His name was John Wallace Smith, and he lived in the house for a few more years, and then he passed away, and I found his obituary in the local paper also. And what's he die of? Natural causes from a cerebral hemorrhage. So Sadie dies, the mother dies about five years later, and then the father dies a few years after that. And they all died in the home? In the home, yes. So I'm thinking the elderly man is mad that someone is in his space. I think he spent a lot of time down here. 
I'm following this angry man around the basement as he vents to me about how much he hates the people living here. Something tragic happened to him, and now I'm experiencing all the pain he endured. Oh, now I'm getting a really sharp pain. Ooh, what the is that? Then that pain, the head, that could be an aneurysm. Now that Amy and I have completed our investigations, we're ready to reveal our findings to each other and our clients for the first time. Amy, I want you to meet Amanda and Mike. Amanda called us in because she's had some serious health issues since she moved in. She's even had a heart attack, uh, and she's only 32 years old. Doctors have no explanation for it, but Amanda thinks she knows what's going on. She actually thinks that this house is killing her. With that, I'm going to turn it over to Amy, and she could start telling us about her walk. So I came into this room here, and I saw a funeral taking place for a young female. There was a casket, it was open, and people were saying their goodbyes. Well, there was a funeral in this home. Back in 1914, a girl, Sadie Smith, moved here to this house. But four years after she moved in here, in 1918, Sadie dies of the Spanish flu. The flu weakened our heart until it just gave out. I have a death certificate here. They have here listed heart failure. Wow. Oh my God. Is that her birth date or her death date? Birth. It's three days off of mine. Oh my God. That's just crazy. What else did you say? I went to the basement and there's this very angry little old man down there. He believes that that's his space and he despises whoever is residing there right now. In fact, he's trying to scare the person um, so that the person will leave. When I was talking to this guy, I got this really sharp pain in my head and I felt like he had passed from an aneurysm. Now, Sadie's parents lived here and they actually both died in the house. The father, John, died at the age of 73 of cerebral hemorrhage. Wow, oh, wow. Lieutenant downstairs, he, uh, he claims he's seen some things down there. Like what? Shadows five to six times. He's told me one time that he actually sees a man standing in the doorway here. Okay. You know what? Tell Amy about the apparition that you saw. I was in the laundry room, and I was just grabbing something out of the cabinet, and I turned around, and there was a man standing right next to me. I jumped and screamed, and then he disappeared. What was he wearing? A uh, button-down shirt, and um, he had five o'clock shadow. Okay. And dark hair. I briefly encountered another male back in that area. Oh, God. And I did do a sketch of the man. He's in his early 70s. He does have jowls. And his eyes are very almond-shaped. Well, you told me, and you would know better. Oh, my God. It looks a lot like him. I'll never forget him. He was looking right at me. He was just confused. So he just gets frustrated. Do you ever hear banging or anything? All the time. All the time. Okay. 
So uh, what else did you see? In my opening, what I saw was actually this house surrounded by thick trees. I was shocked because obviously there's no trees, it's all houses. And then when I went in the backyard, I heard an old lady. She was agitated that the trees had been removed. Well, it makes sense you said that. Was, this was owned by a guy named Isaac Swain. Uh, back in the 1800s, he purchased the property here. This was all woods. He came here, he bought the property, and he opened up a mill. He made a lot of money. But he also had a lot of tragedy with his family. Oh, wow. I saw this little girl. She's the most important person here. Uh -huh. She kind of controls or runs most of the house. She's between 10 and 12, and she's been here for a very long time, at least over 100 years. But she's in a lot of pain because she was in some kind of weird accident. And mentally, she's not who she was. She wasn't allowed to play. She wasn't allowed to do things. She wasn't really allowed to interact with people. Well, I didn't have to think much about this one. Isaac Swain had a daughter, Louisa. Between the ages of 10 and 14, she actually hit her head. Uh, oh, and soon man. after that, she became mentally incapacitated. Oh. She basically couldn't care for herself. She had to have care all the time. The thing is, she had two siblings, both of which passed away. Whoa. One was Martha. Uh, she died at the age of 15. And she had a younger brother, William, who died at three in 1849. Wow. Things got worse for her, because her mom, Mrs. Valonia, she got sick, very sick. Her husband took her on a three-year journey all around the Northeast, the East Coast, looking for help, searching for a cure for her. This kid was left alone at the house with nurses. You know, she lived the rest of her life. As uh, an invalid. What I got was that she does affect everyone in the house to some extent. She can make people overeat. She can drain energy, make people feel agitated. Oh my God. She affects sleep, can make people have terrible dreams or sleepwalk, which is big. She climbs into bed with them and she can jump inside that person and control them. Oh. She affects everyone, but she has her sights set on one person in this house in particular. She stays by this person all the time. Wow. Yeah, it's definitely me. One time I got up to go to the bathroom and the next thing I knew, I was spinning a knife on the counter. I didn't know I was doing it. It was like not me. All I could think was, I should just get it over with. I'm gonna die anyway, I should just get it over with. And you mentioned agitated? Mm-hmm. Well, Mike's having issues. Yeah, I get mad at the littlest things. I've been mad at her for no reason. And then I'll go outside and my rage is gone. She's trying to control you both. Oh, my God. Now, she's been scratched. Wow. That's her neck. That's one of the scratch marks. And she's had them on her stomach on the side there. Okay. And this is a burn mark, she thinks. Could that 
be from the little girl? Yeah. Well, she's always holding on, touching you constantly. Is that who's crawling in the bed with him? Well, she likes to do that. So I did a sketch of this little girl and the person that she's focused on. Okay. Jeez. Wow. Oh my god. So she's always by me. Holy crap. She's extremely powerful. At one point, she charged me and took all of my energy, like in a second. Then I saw a very disturbing scene in the upstairs bedroom with the two beds. You could feel this jealousy that she had for the people in that room. And her intention was to murder those people. And those thoughts were being put into the person's mind. What person are you talking about? Well, basically you. You would be her vessel to do, do the deed. She wants to get to the point where she can control you 100% so that you'll do this. You okay? No. Not really. Well, that room upstairs is where Mike's kids stay. something was attached to me I did we've had some conversations where she's thought that my son hated her and she seemed a little jealous hmm. of the kids being here makes a lot of sense now, do you remember feeling this jealousy oh yeah when they're here all his time goes to them when they're here I split my time as best I can between all three of them mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. she never sees it that way now is that the girl doing it to her Yes. Obviously, this is a lot to absorb in one night. The big question, is it safe for you guys to live here? Is it safe for the kids to come here? And will you be able to get better? I can't answer that, but I'll turn it over to Amy, my partner, and see if she can. There's obviously some things that need to be done to protect everybody involved. Some of these things initially might sound a little bit unusual and extreme. Okay. One of the things that I would suggest at this point is to go through your bedroom and make it like a childproof room. And Mike needs to sleep right outside your room. And this is just to protect you. So why is it so important that he not sleep in there with me? Well, I don't want anybody in this situation to be harmed. And at this point, she could harm you or she could harm somebody else. The next thing that needs to be done is that there has to be an exorcism. Really? That's the only way you're going to get rid of her. Oh, jeez. That was our nightmare scenario. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Why an exorcism instead of trying to move somebody on? She's just beyond repair. 
She's done many, many, many bad things. She needs to be straightened out. Right. I would just go to the church and ask for help. Look me in the eye and tell me you're going to do this. I'm going to do it. My own life has already been taken from me. And I don't want any more harm to come to me or anyone else. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. I really hope Amanda and Mike follow my advice and rid their home of the little girl that's tormenting them. Once she's gone, I believe all the negativity surrounding this family should vanish and they can live a peaceful life. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.